Today is July 9th, 2020, and you're listening to A Day in Music, Episode 4. In this podcast, we're talking with Phil Broikos about his album 12 AM, and today we're going to focus on track number three, Harboring Darkness from the Night. Phil, my friend, what's up? What's going on? I'm still convinced, like, we have not done this before. Like, we haven't done this whole FaceTime while we're recording thing. You must be uh, on crack or something. Maybe. It could be. I don't know. Maybe you've just been in quarantine too long. Maybe. Because I, I did, like, look at your face while we talked last time. I'm so glad that we're not doing video with these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah. All right. So this is a very interesting tune to me. In sort of listening to it and reviewing everything, it's really interesting to me because one of the things that I that I really found interesting about this and working with you and for the people that don't know you is... I love the fact that you did your research, you looked around, you scoured the internet for these like kind of obscure, interesting references that that sort of fit what you need on a date and time. And then you kind of create this little micro world of a song with a story and characters and ideas and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is one of those really kind of interesting situations to me. So do us a favor, give us some details about Harboring Darkness from the Night and the event that sparked this song. Okay, the event was basically the 2011 internet shutdown in Egypt that was based on the protests. Cell phone service too, right? So it was internet and cell phone towers and all that, right? That's right. Basically, a lot of people were revolting. And I think the government decided to just come in and shut things down in an effort to stop the spread of the revolt. That started, let's see, January 20-something. January 28th. Oh, okay. I actually have it in my notes. Oh, see, one step ahead. Yeah. And so that happened uh, at 12-something in the morning, Cairo time. So I thought about what, what implications could possibly happen with the internet shutting down and basically telecommunication shutting down, all this communication that people rely on all the time. And I thought about this idea of one person being in Egypt and another person being somewhere different. And I think relationships today are such that it's a lot easier to have long distance relationships than it once was. Yeah. And people rely on these things all the time in their relationship. So what would happen if kind of out of the blue for no apparent reason, like you have a, a set time where you're supposed to meet up with this person virtually and it doesn't happen. And you're like, okay, well, let me try their phone. And like, oh, they're not answering their phone. And I think... I mean, even the best of relationships, I think a person would be worried. And in the worst relationships, the person would be like, oh, well, I guess I guess this person is completely blowing me off. And that's the end of that. It would have like a lot of doubt introduced into it just because the government decides to um, intervene. Yeah. And a lot of people's lives are going to be affected in, in ways that I'm sure the government wasn't anticipating. 
it's such an interesting take on this. You then sort of deal with this insecurity and I dig it. The song to me, it's got this interesting meter and I'm listening to it and I'm trying to figure it out and tap it out. And I was was kind of, uh, I was kind of stumped. What's the meter on it? Please tell me that I'm not, it's not like something very straightforward and I'm just not getting it. Yeah, it's it's 4-4 four, four and... Uh, is it really? No, it's not. Thank you, because I felt like an <laughs> idiot. I'm like, this is like... It's very cool, though. I, I like... And I, I think it's interesting, too, that you're dealing with something between two people that has insecurity and doubt and being unsure. And I thought it was interesting that you chose to sort of, you know, put it in a meter that was not straightforward. Um, but it, it's still, it's very... It's very cool. So... What is the meter? Come on, tell me. It's in seven. Now, it's above my pay grade to tell you whether it's seven, eight, or seven, four. I kind of, I'm not sure I really get what the difference is half the time. Sometimes I kind of get it and sometimes I don't. Right. It just means that if you try to dance to it, it's going to be interesting. That's all it means. So, <laughs> but to listen to it. So, we, it's awesome. <laughs> so, it depends what part of the world you're from. Cause some people could dance to this and, and not, not think about it at all. And, and, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's in seven. And anybody who is steeped in the Greek culture, and I'm not even, I wouldn't say I'm like super steeped in it, but I, I grew up with it, will be very familiar with this kind of a beat. And it's kind of interesting how there's three, let's break it down into three types of people who, who would listen to it. There, there are Greek people who have grown up with this and they won't get it. I mean, they will get it and they'll, they'll, it'll be totally familiar to them. Right. There will be musician types who might have enough in their brain to be like, oh, that's in seven. Or some people might be like, ah, I just, I don't, I don't get what this is. And then the third type, I think, are people who don't have a musical background that would listen to this and maybe be like, uh, no, I don't, I don't understand anything. What, there's something unusual about this beat. To me, that's kind of the coolest. I love the fact that there are people who don't know about music that will listen to it and not have any clue that it is something very different than what they're used to from a Western point of view. I guess I'll go one step further and make the connection, which is maybe we can play a a little bit of a clip of the song or the beat that was going in my head at the time when I was trying to figure out what what am I going to do with this song. And for some reason, this beat in seven was going in my head. So I will, maybe we can play a little bit of that so people can potentially make the connection. Okay. Η καρδιά μου είναι μεγάλη, η καλύβα μου μικρή Από σένα κι από μένα άλλος δεν χωράει να μπει Το δικό μου παπλώμα είναι για δυο ατόμα Now, in that song, not only do you have this beat that's in seven, but you have the lead voice and then you have a female voice singing in harmony. So was that another inspiration in this song? Because you, you have a guest vocalist on this song as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you point that out. I don't think I consciously thought about it because I wasn't really listening to this song the, the way it was recorded. Anybody who ever goes to a Greek wedding or some kind of a Greek dance outside of Greece, like in America or Canada or Australia, there's a pretty good chance you might hear this song. So this this kind of a beat is very familiar within that Greek culture. But in terms of this version of the song, I don't I, don't, I wasn't I definitely wasn't listening to it. It was just kind of in my head. The the song was in my head the, the same way, you know, Mary had a little lamb might be in somebody's head at, at at any given point. So we talked a little bit about this these album projects for you. It's not just you singing all the tracks and everything. You've got a lot of guest musicians, guest singers, all kinds of different people. And this is the first one that we've dealt with where you have a, a guest vocalist on it. Tell us about her, about Jennifer. Jennifer Kimball. You know, I think different voices, different singers affect each of us in a unique way for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but there's something for me personally, like really special about her voice. And it just kind of kills me every time I, I hear her sing something. It, it started out many years ago when she was involved with a band called The Story. They got a lot of buzz at one point. I was actually working at Rounder Records when we started to distribute their first album. And I started listening to, I started hearing it and, I, I, and it was just kind of, it really knocked me out what they were doing with vocals. And I have to think that a lot of what I was knocked out about was what specifically Jennifer was doing in terms of harmonies, the quality of her voice, the musicianship. It, it really caught my attention. At one point, a friend, close friend, Chris Trapper was hanging around with this guy, Jim Infantino, around Boston. And Jim was looking for a bass player to play on a song. Uh, Chris told him about me, so I was introduced to Jim. And then Jim had a, uh, a song that was part of a compilation called Acoustic Alliance Number no. 2. It was some kind of a Boston acoustic music thing. And so he asked me to play on that, uh, a song called She Said, He Said. And on that song, Jonathan Brooke, which is the other half of the story, Jonathan Brooke sang uh, some background vocal on that song. And then like a year goes by and Jim is playing in, in a club. I show up and I come up with this idea of me doing a rap on one of his songs. It was, it was kind of a bit impromptu and uh, I don't know what, you know, why I was inclined to do that, but for that gig he had, and for that song again, instead of Jonathan, he had Jennifer Kimball singing on that song. So that was my, I think that was my formal introduction to her. And once so she was singing and you were rapping. Yeah. Uh, all right. Once that happened, it was like, there was a connection there and I'd been a huge fan at that point of, of the story. And she was so down to earth. I asked her if she might record with me on my album that I was working on. It was called Made My Wish, which she did. And then some years later, 
there was another album I put out called Microcosm, and I asked her if she would do something on that. And she... That's one of my favorite albums, man. I, I love that. Thank you. Anybody that's listening to this, if you're a fan of what you're hearing so far, check out Microcosm. It's I, you, The music you wrote on that still to this day, I still listen to it regularly. It's just beautiful, beautiful stuff, man. Thanks. So, I just plugged your older album as well. 20, 20 years. 20 years. Really? 20 years? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty close. That's awesome. So once I started this project... Like she was like the the first person who came to my mind. Like I would love it if she could be part of this project. And the hope is that she will be the one consistent guest from from album to album. Like if there's oh, that's cool. if there is one person, I would love to to be the the one common thread. It would be her, and. Oh my gosh, like when we when we recorded this song, it was like really emotionally overwhelming for me to like hear her singing again and I I it was like the the, the session was hard for me to listen to just because or it was hard for me to work with her in that moment because I am such a huge fan of hers. Just hearing her voice on my music, it it really kind of gets to me every time. Did you record your track like the melody first and then did you just say, hey, look, do your thing, you know, because it, it, it is a very creative harmony part and everything. Um, did she create that? I mean, like after the fact, or did you, how did you work that? When you're working with somebody of her caliber, it's, I think, important to let that person be as involved as they want to be, because you, you'd kind of be a fool to be like, okay, do this part. So... You know, I, I'm sure I had some ideas on how to approach the song. And you can hear, like, she's kind of all over the track. And there's a lot, there there are a, a lot of tracks that we did. It's kind of a, a combination where I might have some ideas on, hey, try this, try that. But she Were you had, guys together for the session yeah. when you recorded her? Yeah. Okay. But at some point, it's like, okay, she's going to try any number of things out and you know, in the end, we I tried to keep as much as I possibly could. It was kind of interesting because she was working, I think, r around the same time she was working on her album called Avocet, A-V-O-C-E-T. I think that's what it is, Avocet, which is an amazing, amazing album. And I think she had been, maybe she had been working on one specific song or it was at least fresh in her memory a, a song called all truth is bitter because in the beginning you can kind of hear her doing this breathy kind of thing and once her album came out with that song i'm like oh wow that's now i kind of get it like she she had in her mind let me try this let me try this and and some of the components to what she did on that song all truth is bitter i think overlapped into into this song too and maybe oh, that's good. Maybe we should uh, listen to this the song now. I think that's good. Let's just real quick, if anybody's interested, jenniferkimball.com, right? Kimball with two L's, K-I-M-B-A-L-L. And yeah. uh, if they want to give her a listen or give her a look. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's check out the tune.
And we're back. <laughs> Magically. That <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, uh, I, I dig the song. It, it, again, it's, it's interesting because you find yourself listening and tapping your toe. And again, f- you know, for me, it was just kind of like, all right, it, it does, it does have that kind of like folk rhythm, but I don't know that the average person would get that. I think it's just interesting. I did want to ask you, okay, first of all, as I was listening to it and looking through the lyrics and all this, something interesting popped into my head when I saw this lyric, and I wanted to share it with you. I don't know if I ever told you this, but you talk about Strait of Gibraltar, Pillars of Hercules. I've been there. Cool. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, because I worked I worked in the cruise industry for many, many years. And I I've been to like this the I've been to Gibraltar a bunch of times and I remember being there and they're like, Okay, well this is, you know, Pillars of Hercules and if the day is clear you can see like two different countries, like, you know, it's it's this crazy it's this crazy spot. I just started laughing when I saw that you you're talking about Strait of Gibraltar, Pillars of Hercules. I was like, right on, right on. Yeah, that's, I mean, you always impress me in terms of your, um, your, your world travels. Well, it's like, it's little things like this now where like, I'll be like randomly, I'll be watching a movie or something and I'll see a, a location or something. And I'm like, that looks familiar to me. Yeah. Anyway. So the other thing that popped into my mind, I, a question came into my mind for people that don't know you, I've known you you know, since we were in early high school and all that, you always are one to appreciate these kind of trivial facts and interesting things and quirky, you know, to, and so I love that you kind of, this project kind of gives you, it gives you this sort of reason to really start scouring for interesting things and, and times and all that. So you found this time in your head, your mind starts going and you start thinking about, you know, this relationship and, and all these things. So I love that you are a musician, you're a songwriter, that's your venue, but I, I appreciate your creativity so much. And I wanted to ask you, because each one of these songs is its own little world to me and, and its own it's its own little movie, its own little story that plays out in five minutes. And it made me it made me wonder have you ever have you ever thought about actually simply writing a story not so much through song lyrics but actually just like writing a story on its own or a po- I mean obviously lyrics are its own way of poetry but uh I don't know I just wanted to ask you that is that something cuz I do find your creativity gets so can become so vivid and so thought out in your song I was just wondering if you if you took the music away, is it something you've ever explored just writing with words and paper in that way without making it musical? Thank you for the niceties. And I guess, you know, as a kid when you're in school and I think one of the good things about school is that you you are encouraged to explore many different things. And I think as a kid, yeah, I think I enjoyed creative writing, but As you get to be an adult, I think you start to pigeonhole yourself into, I do this or I do this. Writing creatively, like in my adulthood, I've never really thought about that aspect too much. I think I get my creative writing out sometimes just emailing people. I think if you're at all impressed by the lyrics that I'm writing now, I mean, I think that comes with practice and the more you do something the better you are at it 
I never necessarily set out to be a, a great lyricist. This whole project is really just trying to retell stories, retell events. The the whole thing, like you brought up uh, Pillars of Hercules. I don't know that I had ever heard about that until I started to do some research for the song and then thinking about what might be some nice imagery and learning about a certain area of the world and thinking, okay, potentially for this song, one person is in Egypt and another person is near this other part of the world. And they're close, but still pretty far away where you can't just walk down the street and see this person. Part of the creative process is trying to come up sometimes with these stories that never actually happened, essentially historical fiction. Sometimes I try to stick with the events that happened, but sometimes I kind of go off the reservation and make up my own story. And that was what I was doing here. That said, you just reminded me of another thing. The opening of the tune, it's like a military sort of anthem kind of little snippet. Is that... Is it an Egyptian anthem or something, or is it just something that you found and you played? Uh, that's, I think you nailed it. It's the, I believe it's the Egyptian national anthem. I think it's Baladi or something like that, but I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But it's something that any Egyptian who hears that is going to feel a sense of pride. And the fact that these people were revolting to me doesn't mean that they did not take pride in their country. It's kind of what we're seeing today, that a lot of people are protesting a lot of things that are happening in the States. And it's easy to paint those people as people who are unpatriotic. But another way of looking at it is like, no, they are completely patriotic by standing up and voicing their feelings of injustice, which is what was happening at, in Egypt at the time. Well, I'm, I, I'm digging it. I have to be honest, it's one of my favorites on the album. Anything else that you want to add to this song? I mean, any final words, I guess we would say. Not that I can think of. Hopefully people will dig it. And if they don't, there's going to be lots of other songs to listen to. <laughs> there are 11 other songs. I think this is great. And Jennifer's voice, there's this innate, almost like sweetness to her voice. And the way you both are so in tune and together the way you just kind of flow through in the course the way you guys work together and play this it's almost as if you're speaking it flowing through the phrases it comes out in such a natural way with a sweetness and a desperation on that i i think you really you really just kind of nail that thanks like i said it's it's quite a big deal for me to to be working with her and always super excited when it happens check out jennifer kimball check out her music Again, I think that's something that's great about this project. You really have a lot of wonderful guest musicians, and we're going to talk more about that. I think you and I even talked about maybe trying to do a podcast and really just kind of base it on all these like wonderful guest musicians and singers and artists and people who have helped put that together. That's one of the things that I kind of enjoy about the idea of doing this podcast is... If you have an interest, I mean, obviously there's people who just want to listen to the music, learn a little bit about it uh, in that way. But one thing that I think is great about it too is for anybody that sort of has a curiosity about what goes into creating more of a long-term, larger scale album, in other words, a project, not just let me record a tune and put it out there like one song. I mean, this is really, it's a big effort and 
it's interesting because you are you're a guy that pretty much does it all in many ways and you get a lot of help. So this isn't sort of a standard, we're gonna go into a recording studio and do it. I think your process is interesting. It's kind of a look behind the curtain to a singer songwriter who is doing a lot of it on their own these days. I shouldn't say on your own because you got a lot of, you got a lot of help from a lot of people. And I think everybody, almost everybody that works with you is, is a friend. Yeah. I know you and I've known you long enough to know that you are one of those people who, if somebody needs something, you drop what you're doing and you're there for them. I love this because I know you and I know that one of the reasons all these people are working with you on this project is because they know you're that kind of guy and they want to be there for you as well. So they've all been duped just as you have been, apparently. <laughs> they've been duped. <laughs> you're not that smooth a talker, sir. Whether you like this song or not, definitely check out Avocet by Jennifer Kimball. It's pretty amazing. And I think if you do like this song and you kind of like the way the voices work together, there's a band called Oh Wonder, which is probably, I had some inclination. I was listening to them at the time and I liked the idea of male and female vocals singing the same melody octaves apart. And I probably took a cue from the band Oh Wonder in this song as well. All right. This is George DeMott talking with Phil Broikos about his album, 12 AM. Check us out. Listen to the other uh, episodes of the podcast if you're enjoying it. Thanks so much. Give us some feedback if you got questions and such. Let Phil know. Contact at adayinmusic.com. Right on. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, George. George.